0: You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, y'all. We are joined all the way from, well, I guess Fayetteville. Right? Fayetteville right now. Yeah. Rachel Scott is on mm-hmm. um, the pod with us today, uh, but she is actually local to Los Angeles, who mm-hmm. um, our guest a couple weeks ago, Allie, was from Los Angeles. So it's really crazy that from East Coast to West Coast, we wow. have um, guests and listeners. <laughs> crazy. Um, but welcome, Rachel, to the pod. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was. we were kind of just doing some catch up, but Rachel and I went to middle school and high school together. So we're both from Plano, Texas. Shout out. Shout um, out. And I was like sandwiched in between, she was like the cool older, year older than me. And then it was me. And then her little sister, Catherine was a year younger than me. So I feel like I knew, I feel like I knew of y'all. And I remember always, didn't y'all live off the trail?
1: Yes, we lived by Laura. I remember like knowing yeah. right where Laura Graham lived because we would walk around there, but we lived in the other neighborhood across Independence.
0: I remember I would walk from my house because I lived in Whiffle Tree. I would walk oh, yeah. across the trail to Laura's and yeah. I would always like see, not always, but randomly like see you and Catherine like outside and I'd be like, hey, <laughs> this is, like the most random memory <laughs>
1: That is, I actually remember you were probably there because I remember walking around with my, Catherine and maybe a couple of my friends and we walked by Laura's and we saw you guys and maybe like Natalie Wade yeah. out front. I I like knew that y'all lived there and y'all, I don't know why we didn't all, I guess grades are a bigger deal when you're growing up. Yeah. But yeah. yeah.
0: Well, y'all like you were friends with, I, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we do like um, speech tournaments together? <laughs>
1: yes oh hey um wait yes oh my gosh yeah so now you know why I'm an actor living in LA yeah I did you do like because I did um I would do scenes like monologues and acting scenes and stuff you did too yeah I remember doing it with you I don't I'm surprised we weren't more connected
0: then I know. Well, I think it's the great thing. You're right. Like we yeah. terms together, but we competed against different grades. So that's uh, so cool.
1: Did you do it? And you did advanced theater, too, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, Catherine, this is coming back to me. I haven't thought about all that in so long. What's I totally so remember. I was kind of crazy, though. Catherine always had a good head on her shoulders. Like you were always like with it. No, I, I mean, as far as I knew, I was just like wild child.
0: <laughs> well. Get into that not your wild days but <laughs> where we've come from and how we got to where we are today so you ended up in Los Angeles when did yeah. you stay there why did you move there and tell us a little bit about who you are what you totally
1: so I moved to LA this is crazy to me but I moved to LA in 2012 which is insane that it's oh. been that long um and yeah, I moved there for acting. I so I grew up acting like we were just talking about doing the stuff we did together, advanced theater. But then as I got older into high school and college, I like I loved it always, but I felt like this isn't a real something like no one told me this. But in my head somehow it felt like that can't be a real job. That's not a real thing. Like you that's silly and embarrassing. Don't do that. So when I went to college, I kind of stopped doing it as I got older in high school. And then when I went to college, I majored in broadcast journalism because I'm a writer too, and it kind of felt like like the appropriate version of that dream. So cut to end of college, um, I got a job offer to be a reporter, and it was really one of those moments in Lubbock where I went to school at Texas Tech, and uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like I think it became real, and I turned it down. And I moved back to Dallas and I started working for a production company and at the production company, um, they did a lot of different stuff, but one of the things they did were docu-series and it required actors for like reenactment type stuff. Um, and they started using me in it and it was like, oh wait. I, this is a real thing. Like here's real people who are acting like, and they were in Dallas and these were people trying to be professional actors or they were professional actors. And, and I had like in college, I took a couple of classes. It was always kind of in the back of my mind, but I just didn't think it was like, it didn't, I had in my head, I don't know. I just had like, this is the path I'm supposed to be on. Um, but then I think after college, I think a lot of people go through this, but I started just feeling that kind of like, emptiness in like I want more to my life. I want to know who I am. I want to um I just just felt a craving for something different in like a heart way most first and foremost, but it also bled into work. And so when I in that same time when I was working at um this production company and seeing actors, it just sparked in me one day like, I'm just gonna take an acting class. I love this. Why am I not doing this? So I started acting in Dallas. I got an agent. I booked some commercials which kind of gave me the encouragement to like I think it was like a year, I did that for about a year, and then I moved in 2012, didn't know anyone. I knew the girl I lived with, I had met through an acting class in Dallas, but she was a lot younger. It felt super, I loved her, but we were not like, we were in different places in our life. And so I was just truly alone in LA, cried every day for the first like four months. I was like, mom, I'm coming home, I can't do this. But then it was genuinely, I look back on as, in a lot of ways, like one of my favorite times in life, so impactful so um meaningful and really a big part of me becoming you know who i am and finding finding myself and all that cheesy stuff but yeah
0: what was that like what was that those years or that first year like like what is it what does it take to what is the grind like to become an actress in la especially
1: it's funny you ask that because when i was like like i knew i was gonna move for a while before moving and i had an agent in dallas who had lived in la and i just kept trying to ask him and like my acting teacher had lived in la and i kept trying to get a vibe for like how do you do this like what do you do i don't understand how to become an actor because i didn't know anyone actually there who was trying to do it um and I honestly, I have friends who moved to LA now and I'll talk to them before. And I'm just like, here, cut three years off your journey of like, because here's the things I wish I had known. I felt, the best thing I did was I started just hustling for myself. So you would call it self-submitting for auditions. So before I, I got an agent in LA, like a couple months into my time there and they started getting me auditions. But before that, I just started submitting myself for my own auditions and I did a ton of short films. I mean, Now, some of them were real crappy, like, we're talking, like, I mean, because they were also students, a lot of them, so they're doing their best, but, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, my, for myself, too, but, uh, so I did a ton of short films, you try to find representation, but the best thing I did, um, was I got into a community group, and it was, it was called Artists L.A., and it was Christians in L.A., it wasn't affiliated with a church, but it was just people who, we're loved God and we're also creative and trying to pursue this industry. And that for me, that's where I met some of my best friends still. Like they were in my wedding. That's where, how I met Jake when he moved, he got affiliated with that group. Um, so obviously it brought me my community and my husband and all those things, but it also, I think the biggest takeaway for me is you have to, I was just like, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to make it in two years and then I'll move back to Texas and be a working actress from Dallas and go all over, which is just ridiculous. Like, it takes a long time. So I think I didn't, I, I, looking back, developed the foundation of my life in that first couple years by meeting friends, meeting Jake, um, just established a foundation, which is probably the reason why I still love living there and I'm able to be there still because I, you know, found people.
0: Yeah, that's huge. We talk about community a lot um, on these episodes because... We both moved to Wilmington and like one of the things that we, when we think about Wilmington, the thing that we love most about it is like the sweetness of community. It's so different and rare. And I feel like we almost like gloat on (laughs) how amazing it is. And then we find that a lot of our listeners are moving to new places and don't find that kind of community. Mm -hmm. So to find a foundation right when you get someplace new and to let that be something that like kind of forms and shapes your identity outside of like the rejection you might experience in a new place is so much like, it makes you so much stronger and it, you have like a backbone to turn back on. Full if-
1: on, full well, get this story. It's such a, just even how I found that group. Cause again, I didn't know anyone. Um, I, and I, was, I went to church every Sunday alone and I'm not the type to like go to church and join up for groups. Like I just am too shy at first. So I just kind of sat there alone. It was like, I love you God. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I moved August, that October my dad had a business associate whose son was an actor so he was like finally I go to dinner with this guy and his girlfriend because we've been trying to set it up for a while, this guy brings along another guy from Dallas who's an actor who had just moved to LA and that guy walks up and I'm like wait. I know you. And he does the same. This guy and I had been at a callback audition in Dallas six months before and had like chatted in the audition room waiting to go and audition. And we had just like made, had a quick like five minutes of friendship and never seen each other again. And then he walks into that restaurant and he's the one who told me about artists and brought me there. Otherwise, isn't that crazy? I never would have. I never would have heard of that group, or it's wild. It's,
0: it's so cool how God, like, puts together the little details without you even realizing.
1: Oh, my gosh, 100%, especially when you look back. I mean, that was one of those where in the moment I was like, oh, this is crazy. But then I think looking back, I mean, especially now that I've been there a while, I, there's just more and more of those things I see where I'm just like, man, he's in, he's in all of it.
0: He's in all the details for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so what's, like, your jam in the – theater world do you prefer acting writing like what makes you come alive or does all of it
1: yeah I think um definitely acting and writing I think you know becoming established in either of those takes such a long time that I feel like once I become more established there are other things I'd definitely be interested in exploring like directing and um not a big, I've done producing because that's the job I had before moving to LA and I, it's not my skill set. Very details, very, uh, the brain works differently for that than mine works. So. Yeah. But yeah, I think as of now, it's for sure acting and writing. And it's funny because I've always, like always writing has been a part of my life and acting, I just grew up loving it. And I, both of them are still what I love to do the most. It's super, I have a different love and interest for both. It feels really different but I don't, there's, I don't think that there's one I prefer over the other. Uh, writing is more of a love-hate relationship because you have to, I mean, aren't you right, don't you, Catherine?
0: I'm, I'm not like you.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> I would have said that two years ago, and then, yeah, so, okay. I,
0: I was a journalism major as well, and did a lot of writing, like, right in college and after I graduated, but then when I moved here, I kind of stopped the whole writing thing and did yeah. coaching. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think writing feels like something I could never have it be my soul thing because it's such a, I mean, you get it. It's like this mental Olympics to make me, my like to get myself to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. But once I'm in a jam of writing and I have a project I'm working on right now that has kept me sane because it's uh, one, during quarantine, it kept me sane and then two, it's I'm in the middle of it. So I love flowing in the middle of a project when I know what I'm doing, but at the beginning it's really hard.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just like in school when you had to like start an essay and like the first paragraph was the hardest. And then <sighs> after you got through the first paragraph, you're like, all right. Yep.
1: Gonna... You know what finally got me to uh sit down and da- and do some daily writing? I read uh have y'all heard of Big Magic? No. Oh, you should read it. It's Elizabeth Gilbert, I believe big magic. I should know. I mean, she's a big author I think it's her who read it it that book is so So good for creativity and it changed my life because she talked about she said a lot of things But the one thing that really stuck with me um, Was that she I think she said something along the lines of this is that she wrote Half hour every day and I just told myself no matter what I'm gonna sit down and write 20 minutes a day even if I stare at the screen and write a sentence, I'm going to devote 20 minutes of time a day to writing, and that, I started doing it, it was like I read the book around New Year's, and so I started a script in January, and I finished my first script in March, because I was like, I'm just going to sit down and write for 20 minutes, so that made Go me, it. yes, it was my, I've done a couple, but that was my first one, <laughs> it's not even, the thing is, it sounds crazy, and then you actually do it, and you're like, oh, this is not even, like you can, if you're a writer, you could just, you could do yeah. that, if it,
0: it's like you're calling and it feels natural, then it doesn't feel crazy to you.
1: Exactly. Like I look at your workouts that you post and I've tried one and I die after one move <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay, so I'm just not good at this. But
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Well, okay. So I saw that, I don't know if it was like a year ago, but it said, uh, you did a play called Sorry About My Friend. Mm-hmm. Is that one that you wrote too?
1: Yes. So my friend and I wrote that together and that's the project I'm working on right now because a producer came to the play and she saw it and bought the rights to it. And then she hired us to write it. And so we just finally finished the final draft or we're like in the process of finishing the final draft right now.
0: So does that mean you get more like funding to like be able to do more shows or how does that work?
1: Film and TV are pretty separate the way that it works. Like I don't TV writing, I don't, it feels way overwhelming to me because you can write a pilot, but then you have to think about like a whole series of worth of writing, right? But film, the way this one works, and again, I'm new, this is the first time I've had it, They call it having your script optioned and that's the first time I've ever had it happen. But um, for this project, the way it's working, and I think this is pretty typical because the producer's pretty experienced. Um, she bought the rights to the play and we got paid for that. And then you get... She like hired us separately to write the film version of the play, although the film is super different than the play because, you know, different medium. Um, But she hired us to write that. And then we basically, the only thing this has to do with is making it. So we also signed a producer's contract, so we'll help. She's going to make it and we'll have like some, it's all kind of complicated and probably boring sounding, but it really only pertains to making this, writing this film and making this film, shooting
0: it. Are you going to act in it? Yeah. You get to do both. I
1: know it's crazy. It's so wild. I mean, it's really fun. I've known this woman who's producing it for a while and I've just respected her from a distance for such a long time. And she just truly cares so much about women and, um, cause the film industry, that's just her passion. She wants to see women, you know, at an equal place with men. And so it's fun because the project, my co-writer is a female. I'm obviously female and she is. And also we all three got to draw from our, like, like she brought so much, um, so much of her life experience to the script. Like she would give us a, uh, kind of notes and be like, try this, try that. It was just really fun to get to make the story up, the film version, and kind of have all three of us offering something. It was, it was, I loved that experience.
0: Dude, that's so dope. I have some, like, um... I have some serious questions about LA that I want to ask, but first I have some like very just superficial questions.
1: You can ask me anything and I love all the, I love the variety. <laughs>
0: okay, my First question is, have you ever met anyone famous, which I'm sure you see them all the time. And who's the coolest person that you met? who's famous? I
1: love this question because I, okay. When I first moved, never saw anyone. So I was always like, dang it. I, like the first like three years, I feel like I saw no one. I don't know what's happened in the past couple. Cause I've seen Bradley Cooper. I've Shut seen, up. yes, yes. Okay, so get this. There's this restaurant. Jake and I eat here all the time. It's called uh, Jones on 3rd, and we love it. And yeah, that's actually a hot... It's like a chill place, but it's for whatever reason famous people are there a lot. So I'm sitting there with my friend having coffee, and we look, and Bradley Cooper's walking in, and he is just dressed scrubbed out. Like, he's just, like, in, like... Just holes in his t-shirt. Just looks like he's just not. He does not care, which I loved. I'm like, he's not trying to impress anyone. He's just getting his coffee. So he sits down for a while. We're pl- trying to play it cool, and then he leaves and he walks outside to this like some kind of Mercedes, like the most fancy car I've ever seen. Yeah, and I was like, okay, there it is, right there. But uh I seen him. We saw Quentin Tarantino at this bar like a year ago. Oh. It was yeah. He was. I felt like that one was crazy because I'm like, oh my gosh. He feels like, is he a real human? Like, I know
0: is. is, like, obsessed with him. He'd geek out over that fact. Oh,
1: I, I am too. I think he's so amazing. I I did freak out, like, from afar. He left pretty quickly, though, so I didn't get to really stare as much as I wanted, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, my um, roommate in college, was so addicted. I'm not even going to say obsessed. Like, addicted <laughs> to him that he would buy every magazine that had him on the cover. Oh, like, my God. We had this rack in our bathroom that we shared where we put magazines, you know, for yeah. no matter, and they were all Bradley Cooper. That like, is when people when people would come over and like hang out with us and like use our bathroom. They'd be like, what's with all the <laughs> Are
1: you guys? Okay. I don't really understand. Are you good? I'm like, she's okay. not. Yeah. She's not well. Not okay. It. You you need to tell her that not that I even got within five feet of him, but he just gave a, he seemed like a really cool guy. Like he seemed yeah. very down to earth. So her obsession is, is worthy. I'd okay, say good, she I'll still has it.
0: Um, okay. Now my like less superficial question <laughs> about LA. Um, yeah. okay. So we talk like, if, if you like follow soul and have seen it all, we talk a lot about shameless living. So Mm -hmm. that comes just from me really just having this like terrible, um, body image issues Mm -hmm. and comparing myself a lot to women and living in Dallas. I think you can relate to this. There's like a lot of beautiful women, but I assume living in LA is just like a whole nother level of comparison, especially in the industry that you're in. So how do you fight that? Is it something that you deal with comparison? How do you fight it? And like, what does that look like in your industry? That yeah,
1: sense? absolutely. That's such a good question. And I 100% deal with comparison, like full on. Um, I agree with you. I actually think Dallas was Made LA less shocking because I do feel like there were so many beautiful women. People take care of themselves, so it was like it made LA much less shocking than if I were to come from a city where that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very easy to get sucked into that. I think in the industry, and I think women in general, we have that put on us. You know, I I definitely know that I. Something that I feel like I deal with now that I didn't before necessarily was worrying with weight stuff because on camera, I really can see such a difference. And so I've noticed I will get crazy with things that I'm like, I don't want to think this way. When we have kids, I don't want to pass this way of thinking onto them, but it's, it's, I didn't realize how ingrained that was in me to feel like you have to look a certain way, be a certain weight. Um, all of that. And I think to be honest, I don't even having such good friends around me, I don't feel like it's something that like I think it's something I carry in in myself with just like a level of never feeling good enough that I've always probably had and I'm just now I feel like starting to find some healing in and I'm very grateful because if I am going to stay in this industry and be successful then that you've got to deal with that stuff because it'll tear you apart, you know, yeah. it'll make you feel I mean, age is a big thing there too, feeling too old, feeling not beautiful enough, all of that. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just in the midst. I feel like that's a work in progress your whole life of not comparing yourself. And then even like for me, even if I feel like it's like almost I'm, I'm so hard on myself alone that even if there's no one to compare myself to, I can look in the mirror and be like, well, you horrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: I feel like I am my biggest enemy. sometimes. Oh, same. Yeah, How did you
1: – yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, no, what I was going to say is you kind of – I don't remember what you said, but you said something about friends, and I feel like when I think about, like, my friends or even making friends or who I want a friend, I never think about what they look like. And so why do I assume that people care what I look like? So, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, why do I put 100%. so much pressure on myself that I don't put on anyone else?
1: A thousand percent. And when your friends come to you, because every – person has insecurities and they voice something it's like are you kidding? Yeah. I would never notice that thing or you're being ridiculous but then I mean for me I think the biggest shock I've had is realizing how much it ran my life and I didn't even know it like yeah. this like I mean I think it's fueled by some kind of some level of self-hatred where you're just like until I'm here I'm not going to be good enough and um yeah I definitely am just now starting to really see how deep it's gone for me and starting to learn how to Accept imperfections and accept things that make me insecure and love myself in the midst of them I mean it really all sounds a little cheesy when I say it like that But it really is the answer because like yeah. you're the only one inside your head my husband Jake You have a husband too seems incredible like t- He will tell me all the time you're ridiculous about whatever thing I feel insecure about and my friends too But it doesn't really matter because in I my know. head it's like you're just saying that like your head <laughs> cool.
0: I, also, I also think like for which I know you, you have like a strong faith too, it's hard for me to imagine like how much more insecure I would be if I didn't have like some sort of identity and something outside of myself that's like bigger than myself because I can go to like really dark places and I know God. Yep. So it's like, can you imagine not having like a rooted no. faith in like someone who like loves you no matter what yeah. and like created you this way on purpose? And then going to those deep, dark places, I would just be like a freaking, excuse my French, shit show. Um,
1: (laughs) I would be a shit (laughs) show too. Oh yeah. And I feel like, tell me if you relate to this, having gone through, you know, your own story with this stuff. Like, I think I'm just now realizing how much I have left God out of that part of my life where it's like, okay, I love you God, but nope, I'm dealing with this part of me and I will not let you into it. I will not believe what you say about me. Like... I think I'm just now realizing how much I've done that. And also just now realizing how to say, okay, I want to let you into this and start believing you. But like some of those lies go so deep that it's just like this in you and you just have to yeah. slowly over time, you know,
0: Yeah, that's it. huge. I feel like that's definitely something that I struggle with too. And even I think Michael's helped me with that. Cause he like helps, uh, reroute my thoughts towards truth. But mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I definitely give him like one thing that seems easy and then I'm really stubborn about this other thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're
1: like, yeah, I agree with you on this, but really I'm going to go like obsess in my hoarding closet about
0: that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely do that. Um, okay. I have to talk about you and Jake's love story. Yes. Because one, it's one of my favorites to watch from afar. And two, in like the weirdest way, (laughs) y'all's, this sounds so creepy. I already (laughs)
1: agree and love it. (laughs) Y'all's
0: relationship, like, reminds me so much of ours. And it's why, like, we feel so connected to Jake's music and we are so. Like, beyond the fact that he's just an incredible song, songwriter mm-hmm. and singer, like, the words that he writes about you, we connect with in our story so much. And I'm sure that's, like, really his, his, like, mission is to, like, connect with people via words. But, like, just to give the listeners a little bit of a outro of who you are, Jake is a singer-songwriter in L.A. He's also from Texas, correct? He's from Arkansas. He's from Arkansas. but. Mm-hmm. Moved to LA around the same time you did. You can like totally correct all these things if I'm wrong.
1: Moved to LA like a couple years after me, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So Michael and I grew up and knew like a lot of mutual people in the same area. He's actually from Allen, and then oh, really? Yeah. So and we went to OU together. And never knew each other. I know he went to OU. That's crazy. And then when I moved to Wilmington. That's when I like dated guy for a couple of years, but we will not even talk about that. I
1: that Melissa Hayes and I, who love, sorry, quick segue. That's uh, another connection. That's another connection, but she loves you so much. And we, just loved you and we would, you know, do the occasional creeping. And when we, we like followed along and we were like, how should we like knew, but we like knew, assumed there was a breakup. And then when we both saw that you had Michael, we were like, this is such a better fit. We know what we can tell.
0: <laughs> That's so hilarious. Yeah. Melissa's another person who just like picked up and moved to LA, um, yeah. like a cool connection. I freaking love her. I know. Um, yeah. So anyways, when he like released songs about like well, Tuesdays is everything. I'll get to that. But uh, when he released the song, like 2014, like meeting up, and I'm like, we literally, like, I literally moved here in 2014, and all oh, that's here, crazy. like they just connect so much. And then this latest song about like we don't even look at our phones, or I can't remember what they.
1: Exact- <laughs> it's whatever, it's something. But not about
0: looking at your phones. Like there's some <laughs> lyric in there about like I wonder if I'd like passed you on the highway. That's my, my favorite point.
1: lyric. I love that lyric.
0: And I'm like, dude, Michael and I have like photos in the same room at the same time. And, like we didn't know each other. So anyways, long story short, we're just like, we feel so connected to your relationship in like a really creepy way.
1: Yeah, It's never creepy because I feel that with you guys too. And you don't release music that I relate to. I just really feel like you guys, you guys have a golden doodle. You're, I just think I just have a deep love for you already. And then he just, he does remind me, I can see what you mean. Cause he feels really goofy. Like Jake is their like, I'm personalities,
0: like, and I don't know Jake at all. I've never met him, whatever, but their personalities seem very similar. And that why he's very introverted. But when he's with me, he's like psychotic. Oh, he seems, see, I would have
1: guessed he was so extroverted from your Instagram, which clearly I don't know him either, but I feel like I do because I'm like, oh, he's so fun and look at what yeah. he's doing.
0: And then we even got like long hair at the same time. Anyway, I'm <laughs> like gushing about this, like, because I think parallels are insane. That's
1: crazy, the long hair thing.
0: What your love story looks like. Yes. Or looked like and how it's evolved. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Another weird similarity is I had gone through, I think the reason, this is so weird, Catherine, that I remember you going through that breakup via, like, you know, I don't know how I knew. Like, I think I thought you, I just like, whenever I first noticed it, Melissa and I made the connection that we both knew you. And so I started creeping on your Insta and I saw Xy. And I was, and then I know, you know, you notice when it ends. When the pictures Um, stop coming out. Yes. And we were both invested. So we were like, what's happening? Are they good? (laughs) But I think the reason I felt invested too, is I had such, I don't know the story of that, but I went through a really hard breakup before Jake and it was heartbreaking. Like it, just for some reason I think from afar I felt like and it was around the same time because I remember feeling like the kindred spirit with you from afar like I have no idea how hard that was on you but the breakup I went through before meeting Jake was very hard on me it was probably the hardest breakup I had and so yes that's just another weird (laughs) connection. another connection um so I am freshly single um and at this point happy to be single i'm like okay god like I've, i'm a serial monogamist i mean i had been in back-to-back serious relationships for as since i got to college even before in high school i had serious boyfriends so after this breakup i knew like i need to not date i need to like this is i've got to get to the root of some of this stuff in my heart that feels really broken so i also still thought that i would end up back together with x so Uh, This is like six months later. I'm kind of starting to really thrive. I'm like, no, I'm single. This is good. I know like that other thing will work itself out. So Jake moves to town. And this is just how Jake Scott's life works. He moves to town. Five days later, that group, that artist group I was talking about, one of the guys in it, one of our best friends, invited Jake to come play Ultimate Frisbee, funny enough. And I was there and we meet. And I mean, we, we hit it off very instantly. Like we from that day, there were several other group, you know, hangs in the next month. And Jake and I just very quickly had a connection, unlike any connection I'd had. However, that was incredible, but also confusing to me because I, again, I had had all these serious relationships and I felt like, well, hold on a second. Like, this is the type of guy I date. This is the type of relationship i get in not realizing that they all ended because none of them were right and also i had such like an unhealthy i think kind of addiction to the dating process um so he felt so different which was confusing but also now i can see why he was so right for me because it was it was it happened in the right way but yeah we we became best friends um he ended up telling me how he felt about me like two or three months into knowing each other, but he also had been warned, like, she has an ex-boyfriend, this is the whole thing, like, she, you don't need to mess with that by all the our friends around us. Like, I would send Melissa Hayes, I would be like, okay, Melissa, I don't want to lead Jake on but I can't help but flirt with him when I'm around him. So you need to tell him that I am just want to be his friend and that I am seriously going to end up with someone else. So you let him know so that I don't hurt like so that he knows and he doesn't get hurt or whatever. <laughs> so really- Melissa would like call Jake yeah. up and be like, "You need to not like Rachel."
0: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious.
1: I know, but Jake just like I think he knew what we had and he could see through I mean he believed what I was saying but I think the connection we had was very undeniable so it was like he just was steadfast and we just kept hanging out and eventually I realized that other thing was wrong and, and and it was cut off and out of my life and uh a couple months after that and Jake and I all this time are still just friends after he told me how he felt like I told him like yes there are feelings like I we there is something between us but I am very confused and we just have to be friends so then We meet in July and then by the next March, he had been out of town in Nashville for work and he comes over to Melissa's house and I was there. And I'm not kidding, Catherine. I I don't – I've never had this happen in my life. He walked in the door and it it was like – I think at this point I had just had enough time and done enough work that it felt like like a curtain had been pulled back and I was seeing him for the first time. Like I was like, oh my gosh. I like this man. Of course, I handle that by, like, picking a fight with him that night. (laughs) I don't, naturally. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, then we ended up going on our first date, like, because he could sense the difference. And he asked me out, like, two weeks later. And the rest is history.
0: The rest is not history because it's actually in all of his songs. (laughs) He he writes every song about y'all, and it's freaking most precious. What's that like when he writes a song about you and then the whole world hears it?
1: feel you know what it I need to I need to think about that I feel like I should appreciate that more I do appreciate it but I think because I see behind the scenes so like he I mean these songs are beautiful and it always touches me when he first reads me the lyrics but then after that like the production by the time it comes out I like I've already had the moment of being romanced by it um and but there are still songs he'll bring me that will move me really. He wrote one this year called uh, Learning to Love You. He put it out. Oh, I know it. Yeah, oh, that one will make me weep. That one cuz that one feels I just feel like I love the ones about our early love story, but that one feels so true to marriage where it's yeah. like this is
0: like this I miss is, this and yes. change even if I change, I'll keep learning to love you along the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love every single song that he releases and I love the way that he does it like once a month or once every two weeks. That's like a really cool way to keep people on their toes. Um, The song Tuesdays, which I'm sure, is that like his most popular one, would you say?
1: It used to be, but there's a few that have now eclipsed it, like Favorite T-Shirt and a few others. But that one's like, that one is special for so many reasons to people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that Tuesdays one is one of his classics.
0: Tuesdays <laughs> was we did like a last dance at our wedding and we're like, it was just me and Michael. And then everyone was like out there um, doing sparklers and waiting for us. But it was like our last, like one-on-one moment together. And we danced to Tuesdays.
1: Catherine, I, you must have sent me or that must've been, cause I saw it and I showed it to Jake 10 times. I was like, I I grew up with her and look, she's dancing to herself.
0: I feel like such a fangirl, but I think I, I think that I love y'all's love because I know it's not just um, like flashy for more Instagram followers or to get like more Spotify listens. I think I I know, even though I don't like know you in like an intimate way, I just feel like because I know you and because I've seen y'all's love story grow, like I can see how genuine it is. And I think that's what makes the song so much more beautiful is because it's like (sighs) – it's not just like made up lyrics. It's about actual people that I know. So I feel yeah. like fully,
1: I think that's, I mean, it moves me like that too. Cause he, all of those details, I mean, obviously they're all like appropriate details, but they're all real. Like there, there's certain lyrics where I'm like, you're lucky that rhymed. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's so true what happened and he's able to fit it in, but he really is. I think this is part of what he and I connect on the most is we're both, um, we love creating i mean it feels lame to be like we're both artists but <laughs> whatever More. we both yeah yeah but i think we're both very um committed to authenticity and to writing things and doing things because it it is what's in our heart and not because it's what we think people will accept or like or want or what will have success i mean i think that's always a temptation but it's definitely for both of us like most important thing in our life is relationships and our marriage and everything else kind of flows from that. And so that is very cool to hear, especially Catherine. I always like, I feel like I already said this, but I think even though you were younger than me, I always had so much respect for you and looked up to you. I just felt like you've carried, you've always carried yourself so well and just, you, I just had so much respect for you. So to hear you say that makes me be like, oh my gosh, Catherine Collins. <laughs> Sorry, Catherine Banko loves me. I am queen.
0: Catherine <laughs> Collins, Rachel Kirkendall, we go back. To I our- know.
1: <laughs> okay. Do you say it Banco or Binko? How do you say your new last okay, name? Okay.
0: So it's Bingo. Banco. Michael said his last name was Bingo his whole life. And it's not, it's Banko. And the reason I found out is because we like get engaged and I'm like, okay, what's gonna be my new last name? Like, I don't really know. You say it one way, your dad says it another way. Like, and I asked his dad and he was like, it's Banco. Like, and then we Google, we YouTube, like the proper saying of like the Hungarian word and it's Banco. So Michael's slowly starting to change it. But like his whole life, he said, Michael Banco.
1: Also, I think it's so funny because to me, Banco, Binko, like, Binko, I like that pronunciation more than Binko, and I love that he, it would be, like, me... And yeah, went with, like, Binko.
0: the worst pronunciation. Yeah. Which is why, when we got married, because I thought it was Binko when we got engaged, I said, our hashtag was, and Binko was her name like.
1: Oh, because you know? bingo.
0: But then I realized our name is actually Binko, so it's actually the hashtag doesn't even make sense. Yeah, but now
1: <laughs> that's just, like, an honor to Michael for pronouncing his name the wrong way. His I home. know,
0: I know. Oh, it's so good. Um... Okay. Do you think so, you guys
1: will stay in Wilmington? Is that the plan for now, or is would I you? Next
0: question for y'all.
1: That. Okay. Weird. Well, let's both answer. I like
0: that. Um, yeah. I I have built like a really rooted community through my business here. That it would be so hard for me to leave now. I love Wilmington, and it's like what what soul is is so unique that I don't think it would thrive in a different town. I think mm-hmm. it would like I think in like Dallas or a place where there's like a bunch of um almost like big box style franchise gyms like soul would kind of go just under the radar and so I think here I'm like it's able to shine and Michael loves it and he's found like a really good community through our church so I can definitely see us staying here and raising kids here but I also wouldn't be surprised if we ended back up in Texas one day
1: like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause especially all both being from there, but your parents are all really pulling for that.
0: Yeah, my my mom wants to actually be here. She grew up here, but my both of our in laws are in Allen and Dallas still. So oh yeah. I mean, it, we go there besides this year because of 2020. Mm-hmm. We go to Dallas like four or five times a year, and our friends are still there. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. What about y'all? Do you think you'll stay in LA, or do, is your plan to kind of move yeah. back to the south?
1: I mean, of course, we also, his parents are still here in Fayetteville, where we are right now, and then uh, my parents are still in Plano, and, you know, our situation, kind of like what you were saying, work is such a big part of why we live there, and so um, t- it does feel like this is the first year where I think, every, like, everything's online right now, everything's Zoom, everything's self-tape, ev- There's there's nothing in person happening, so a lot of LA people are getting out of LA, and I think it's making... I've talked to a lot of my friends who are also in the industry and they're like, it feels like COVID is making it more clear that you don't have to be so planted in LA to pursue this. Like you can live somewhere else and do a lot of it online and then fly if you book something. Uh Um, And then, so that's one thing. And then also we've been in Fayetteville since on and off since August and we'll be in Texas through the end of the year. So we did like, probably starting a month ago, we were kind of like, all right, let's put everything on the table. Like 2020 is making everyone do that, right? It's so insane. Like it just feels like there's so much change. There's so much, I feel like life is, life slowed down to the point where like we dealt with all the things that we hadn't dealt with before. Yeah. Um, With dynamics, with desires, all of that. And for Jake in particular, LA is harder because he's such a country boy at soul, like at heart. He loves like, I wish you could see what I'm looking at. It's just hills. Like that is his heart. And so we both agreed like, okay, let's in this time, especially since we're buying where we go next. So wherever we go, we're going to buy something, which feels like a commitment. Um, So we kind of just spent a month like saying ev- we let go of everything, like whatever we want to go where we're supposed to be. Um, And you know, LA is really expensive. Buying there is expensive. Um, but we kind of rounded that corner and really feel like that is where we're supposed to be. I mean, it is where our work is, but even more than that, it really feels like that's just where we're supposed to be. Like not only for, for like a deeper gut reason than any of the obvious reasons, even. So I can officially say we have we have waded through that question and we are planning on going back in January ish and buying something. So that's we'll be exciting. there. Yeah, and
0: obviously it's some, a place that you feel connected to and where your love story
1: began, so keep it going. Yeah, yeah I've always, like, when I was little, I would. my older sister remembers me being like, I'm going to live in California. And of course it was because I wanted to be an actress and all that, but it was also just like, I just always had a thing for California. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, a, like a, it's special in my heart. And I mean, we, could, we talk about, like, one day, um, kind of like what you were saying, there's always options on the table for the one day thing. I would say we're definitely there the next... Five to ten years, unless something crazy happens. But um,
0: yeah, like the foreseeable future.
1: Foreseeable, you know, like,
0: future.
1: yeah. Kind of like you. For us, North Carolina. What? Yeah, exactly. Same exactly. Well, uh-huh. okay. What well, do you guys ever think about Nashville? Because that's the only other place we can see ourselves living. So maybe we meet in the middle, and the four of us live in. Nashville. There's also a lot of stuff that shoots in Wilmington. Let's pray I book something in Wilmington, and we can come in. Oh my gosh, Catherine. That's my prayer for 2021.
0: It used to be like the second biggest film studio in the U.S., but then like our tax something happened with our tax laws, yeah. and tax it moved and to students. Atlanta. But yeah, come come on to Wilmington, or I would do Nashville. That'd be fun. Yeah, so I know. We could, get, we could just get a mega house, and we could yes. have like a doodle wing, <laughs> and then like. Our couple wings.
1: Yes. And you like, sound like Jake. That's his dream is to have a convent with all our friends, like the houses right in a row. And I'm like, right. I
0: talk about a lot. There's um we obviously live in a beach town, as do you, and there's a lot of million dollar listings here, but we're not, we're not millionaires, surprise. <laughs> um Yeah, so we'll like talk with friends and be like, should we all just like go in on one together? Like Mega House this. We do the same thing. Um, okay. Well, we, I feel like we could just chat for hours, but we have four questions that we ask every single guest at the end of our podcast. And I did not prep you for these on purpose because I want to hear authentic answers. So the first question is what is something that you are currently binging or obsessed with?
1: Oh, okay. This is, It, it doesn't
0: have to be a TV show.
1: It doesn't have to be. Luckily, I got one right at the ready. Um, We have never done this ever together, but we are very into the Bachelorette right now. (laughs) Catherine, I—I mean tonight. Hello, I will cheers you from from afar because we're at our journey. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, she's beautiful. I'm very excited to watch her begin her journey.
0: Well, and um, speaking of shit shows, we had Claire for four episodes. So he
1: was, was just, I, I was blown away every moment of every episode. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm like a psycho analyzer of the bachelorette and bachelor in that. I think that if I went to LA, I would be more starstruck to see like jojo or oh
1: i'd freak for jojo and i would for
0: bradley cooper <laughs> like, that's how like and i am i'm like yeah that's i
1: love this that i picked it. yeah that's we are we've never done it and i think we'll probably now be into them from here on out because it is so fun it's just crazy it's crazy to watch
0: it's like a it's a true guilty pleasure and i don't feel any guilt about it,
1: so. no so, i feel very happy to watch it i feel great after
0: <laughs> um i think chelsea is are you are you are you there chelsea I'm here. Yeah. Okay, you want to ask the second question? Chelsea's been here, but she's been with the baby. Um,
1: if I, Yeah, what's something? I was going to say if I can even remember the second question. What's something you're looking forward to for the rest of this year? I'm really looking forward to getting to spend time with my family when we go back. It'll be the longest I've been home since I've moved. And so... I'll get to spend time with my sisters, their kids, and just really get to rest there. Um, it's kind of what we've had here, because normally when we visit families, we're there for like a week, and there's events, and we just don't ever get to relax and really spend time together. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that, to get to go back to Texas. And also, after the insanity of this year for everyone, I just am like hoping, I think Christmas season, we all need it. Like, we need I <laughs> we mean, want decorated. I'm listening to music. I'm like, oh, sis. We're, we're about all to do it. it we're about to join you in that.
0: Um, okay. Next question is what is something that you love about yourself?
1: Oh my gosh, Catherine this is <laughs> for me. Oh, what, okay. Okay. I'm going to see, this is my growth. I can say something without being embarrassed. Um, I really make myself laugh a lot. So. <laughs> Funny. Oh God. There you go. uh, <laughs> I, I just love to laugh and I, I find that to be a fun thing about myself that I enjoy.
0: Your um, Instagram captions always made me laugh because they're like really like short and snarky. <laughs> like three words that like are kind of spelt wrong on purpose.
1: Or, yes. like, You're getting it. Yes.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't know if you remember this teacher from middle school and this is going to date me, but do you remember Mr. Simon? From- oh my <laughs> gosh. Was he biology? He was English and he was so dry and sarcastic and he, he I, reminds me of it. oh my god wow
1: i remember mr simon but i must not have had him did i definitely remember the name mr simon but uh that is such a compliment it sounds like if his right if he's stuck with you yeah <laughs> oh, i mean
0: i'll never forget mr simon uh, uh,
1: do you remember miss parker that well yeah. or
0: uh, <laughs> well, the redhead
1: wasn't she blonde our theater teacher right
0: Oh yeah, I had yeah. Ms. I had Miss Parker for a theater. She was crazy blonde, and then I had yes. a crazy redhead for math. There was two Miss Parkers.
1: Oh, I didn't have crazy uh, math lady. I just had.
0: Uh, I I'm just like had... a freak in that I remember like every teacher ever. Michael, I
1: really that. am jealous of that. My memory is so bad for stuff. Like it, like talking to you is jogging a lot of things that are just locked in there. I guess
0: mm-hmm. deep down, I'll
1: deep. bring them out. Yeah, come on.
0: <laughs> All right, last question, Chelsea. You want to go?
1: Um, If you could tell women one thing, what would you say? Hmm. Okay, I'm learning this right now and I haven't actually said it out loud, so it might not come out that eloquently, but I am learning that the best way to be a good friend, sister in general, is to truly be that to myself. So I will give to people often what I don't give to myself, and then I end up exhausted or resentful or XYZ. But it I have really learned in this time of a silver lining of COVID to slow down and actually learn to know who I am and how to kind of like what we were talking about earlier, Catherine, how to be kind to myself um, and actually fill fill up what I need. And it has blown me away how much it's impacted my friendships with women. So I mean it's it feels like a big 20 20 thing or just like this time to say learn to love yourself but I do think I think that's the best thing as women we can do especially because it's just I mean there's so much pressure on women to be all the things to be the best at all the things you do and perfect and all those things but just learn to love yourself and your imperfections and perfection isn't real anyway Mm -hmm. and um that will only I mean enable you to be a better friend and all those things
0: yeah, you can't pour okay. out from an empty cup. And now,
1: man, am I learning that? And I'm just, just learning that perfection isn't real has been really huge for me because we all, st- I feel like we all subconsciously strive for that. And it's just this like fake goal that is exhausting. So
0: I have a few books that I'm going to DM you since you like Maybe. to read that yes. I think you don't really like. Um, well, dude, I love you. Can I you tell you. our listeners where they can find you if they want to follow you? Yes. As, uh, I'm, your man. I'm really only on Instagram, uh, at Rachel A. Scott. That's awesome. And we'll link that in the show notes so that people can, um, stalk you and (laughs) love you just like I do. Yeah. Um uh, Thanks so much for being on the pod. You're oh, awesome.
1: Honored. I felt so honored. I, I I hope it was you know this only my second podcast.
0: It was more selfish just so we could catch up. But thanks for being <laughs> listeners.
1: Well, we now have to have more regular catch ups So that's happening. I love well, that,
0: you. That'll be easy in our mega house. We can just meet in the living. room. Oh, house.
1: done and done. I'll just have the mega the megaphone from my room and be like, Catherine, come to my bedroom. Like walkie talkies. Yeah, exactly. All
0: right. Well, listeners, we will talk to you next next week and. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you.